Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdomadal podcast. Oh, I'm glad you're with me. I'd be forced to endure the pain of kyphosis if you twisted me around the idea that you missed this week's show. Turn followers into donors. Adora Drake has a strategy for converting your social media followers into donors. Let's hear what it's all about. On Tony's Take Two, planned giving in the pandemic era. We're sponsored by Turn Two Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn two.co. And by Send in Blue, the only all in one digital marketing platform empowering nonprofits to grow. Tony.ma slash Send in blue. It's my pleasure to welcome for the first time Adora Drake to Nonprofit Radio. She is a digital marketing strategist, coach, and consultant. She helps nonprofits feel inspired to take action, gain clarity in their marketing strategy, and learn how to convert their followers into raving fans who want to be part of their mission with her unique coaching programs. Her company is at AdoraDrakeMarketing.com, and she's at Adora Drake on Instagram. Adora Drake, welcome to Nonprofit Radio. Hi, so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Glad you are. Uh, where are you from? Where are you uh, zooming in from? <laughs> so I am actually born and raised here in Dallas, which is unusual now because there's so many different people here in Texas, but I am actually... <laughs> Born and raised native here in Dallas. <laughs> okay, right. If you lived there more than four years, you're a native. Claim, yeah, definitely more than four. <laughs> you're a bona fide. You're a bona fide native. Yes, like the All fifth right. generation Texan here. <laughs> okay, okay. And gosh, a lot going on in Texas now. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Pandemic-wise, legal-wise, now just oh, today. Yeah. Abortion-wise, just today. Oh, my goodness. Right. I'm like, wow, this is a big melting pot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I, I don't do politics on nonprofit radio. We we could do that offline, but <laughs> good. A lot going. You're in the news. <laughs> Texas is in the yeah. news. And it's not to me. It's not all good. I'll I'll leave, I'll leave it there. All right. Um, so you have a way of helping our listeners turn their social media followers into uh, into donors. Isn't that right? That's correct. That's correct. I hope, so I, I hope have it's a process correct. for okay. that. Okay. Yes. I hope it's correct because otherwise we're done. You're absolutely correct, Tony. <laughs> okay. So I got one thing right so far. Okay. okay. Um, you call this your scale method. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, why don't you uh, outline the elements of scale? And then we have plenty of time to go into each, each step separately. Awesome. Awesome. So scale stands for social media, content, audience, lead, and execution. And like you said, we'll go into each part of that scale method and how you can use that scale method. Okay. And uh, you've obviously seen success with this, uh, with the, yes. the, the nonprofits that you work with. Yes. 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 So I work with uh, small nonprofits all the way to mid-sized nonprofits. And I've used the scale method on them. The process is very simple to follow. Um, as long as you really stick to that scale method, I know you're going to see some, some really good results from getting people from your social media and building that up all the way into uh, getting people to donate, getting those funds. Okay. Well, small and mid-sized shops, those are our listeners. So that's yeah, that's idea. Awesome. That's right. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So um, social media, right? Yeah. For us. Okay. Yes. What, 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 what are your principles here? What do you like to see done here? So one of the things that I know a lot of nonprofits and even for-profits get mixed up is they feel like they need to be everywhere. And that's not always the case. So the first thing you want to make for sure is that you really hone down on that persona and your target of who do you want to have um, come into your your nonprofit or follow your nonprofit and who is that potential donor look like? Because that's going to be really important when it comes to choosing the right social media platform. Each social media platform has their own features. Um, they, they attract different types of audiences. And so it's important that if you don't know who that persona is, you might pick the wrong one and focus your efforts on the wrong one. So number one is to really hone in on your target. Once you figure that out and you choose a social media platform, that's when the fun begins because now you know that's where my audience is and this is where I can start putting out that content. 
Okay. Okay. Well, before we get to the content, so so you want folks to look ahead to what the what the future donor is going to look like, mm-hmm. so, that, so that they're on the right social networks. Yes, you have All to right. know exactly so, who you want to attract. And and for those of you who have already, you guys already have an organization going. You need to just look at the people who have already actively been involved with you. Like, who are the people who come to your events? Who are the people who register uh, for your webinars or whatever your fundraising events are? Look at those people and see where would they particularly be on social media. That's where you want to start, attracting people who are already interested in your organization and picking more people just like those people. Okay, right, right. Makes sense. All right, so, um, you know, be a little specific about some of the the platforms, like – you know, why, why might why might you choose uh, Instagram over Twitter, for instance? Well, they're completely different. If you were going to go, if you're more visual, you really need to show your audience, uh, you know, some of the projects that you guys are working on. You want to make sure that you have really good crisp pictures and things like that. That's really where you want to go to something like an Instagram or a Pinterest. Um, those are really, like I said, really visual. These are people who are going to be scrolling really quickly. And often before they see your caption or before they see anything else, they see this huge picture of, yeah. of something you've posted. And so it's really important that you get that right um, if you are going to be showing some really visual type of content. Now, if you're going to be sharing more like informational content, then you might want to lean towards something like Twitter. Uh, Twitter is has its own ecosystem of, of people who are interested in information. They're sharing information. They want to follow information. They want to like and, and, and they often click off of Twitter and go to your website often more often they would on Instagram. And so if you are an organization there that's trying to get a, an event, for instance, out there to your audience, Twitter might be a better uh a better platform for you. So you just need to look at the different features and then get an idea of where can I find uh, my target audience and how can I better create content for them? What's your video is, is a big thing now, you know, video, especially on the other platforms are trying to adopt more video, just like YouTube, but YouTube is the king of video. Um, but also the other platforms you can do short videos. So if you teach something or show something, you know, for two or three minutes, Post it on Instagram or post it on Twitter. That's another way to show um, how to get in front of the right people on those platforms. You haven't mentioned Facebook. Now, there's, there's a lot of disenchantment with Facebook as organic reach has plummeted. Mm-hmm. They just want your dollars to expand <laughs> your reach. Yeah. What's your What's your thinking on Facebook? So when, when people think of Facebook, they do think of Facebook advertising um, because it is probably at the best advertising if you are going to start. Um, but the, it is really good for organic as well. There are a lot of different groups. So if you know for sure that your audience is interested in, let's just say, feeding the needy or something like that, it might be really you know, good for you to create a group specifically around that because you can later use that group uh, to give out your information or get them on your email list. And so there are some ways that you can organically benefit from being on something like Facebook. Uh, so you're you're saying better maybe on Facebook to create a, a, a group mm-hmm. devoted to your cause yep. versus versus using your your nonprofit page to, to to put content out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why you would want to do this is because people don't like to feel like they're being sold to it. They don't want to feel like, you know, you guys are just going to want to follow me because I'm a you know, I'm going to give you funds. You want to really build a relationship and build interest around your mission. And so if you are, we'll just use the homeless shelter, for instance, if you are, your mission is to serve the hungry or serve the needy. Let's say you make a group about serving your community and serving the needy. You get all these different people coming in. They're really interested in this topic. They're, they serve their community. They're going to be more likely to want to come off of that platform or want to donate or want to come to your events because they're already showing interest from being inside of this group. Now, the difference between a group and a page, yeah. uh, your page is specifically for your particular organization. So if you want to show something that you guys are particularly doing that week or you want to share, uh, you know, what you, your employees are doing, keeping them in the know, that's one thing. But that group is going to really keep people engaged because they're already interested in this topic and you're giving out information and they're giving information. And now you have a relationship. So when you get on social media, it's about building relationships that's that's where that social sure. piece comes in right. and so you want to make for sure that when you're on there that you're building a relationship that way when you ask for funds down the line they've been knowing you they've, they've been following you all this time they've been engaging with you they know for sure that you guys what you guys do and how you guys help and are you saying that reach is organic reach 
yes. non-paid is is easier to achieve through a group than it is through a, a nonprofit page. Yes, absolutely, and that's because the reach is just a lot better. As when it comes to Facebook, um, you know, the reach a group, is a lot a group, better. A group yeah, versus in the page group, is, in is the group, better. exactly, yeah. exactly, and it's a lot easier to get people, you know, into your group. And so once you got people into your group, it's yours. It's your group. Um, you can start collecting emails. You can start sending out, you know, particular information. And of course, they can go and like your your business page. Yeah, but it's not it's right, not the right. same as is actually engaging and coming in and sharing videos and things like that inside of a group. It's a little bit more personal. Okay, all right. So that that's advice I hadn't heard before. That you, you're you're more likely to get better reach with a with a group than with a, oh, yeah. a page. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So then uh, the content that that belongs in whatever it is this Facebook group or. Instagram or, you know, whatever platform you're choosing. How do you select the right content? So your content should be based completely off of the interest, uh, which is usually your, you start with the messaging of your organization. People come and they follow you because they, they believe in your mission. They believe in what you guys have to offer. And then you want to create content around that. So don't switch and do something. If you're talking about homeless, don't switch and talk about something about the earth or something like that. You want to make for sure you're strictly focusing on your mission. Then you want to use that 80-20 rule. It should be 80% information, 80% sharing about your um, events and things like that. Then only 20% asking for donations and, and money. So very little bit of actual fundraising and more giving and, and, and actually engaging with people. It's time for a break. Turn to communications. They'll help you find your voice and get that voice heard in all the right places. So many of the places that you've heard of, like the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Chronicle of Philanthropy, Fast Company, and Market Watch. Many others you've heard me recite through the weeks. They'll help you find your voice, and you'll get your voice heard. Turn to communications. Your story is their mission. Turn hyphen to.co. Now back to turn followers into donors. I like to empower folks within the nonprofit mm-hmm. to um, create content on their own. So yeah, it's yeah. not all just from the fundraisers or the marketing communications design people, right? But that you know, folks who are actually doing the program work, mm-hmm. or maybe they're shooting short videos or yeah. you know, et cetera. Folks on the ground doing the work. What, what, how do you right. feel about that? You know, empowering folks on the on the ground floor mm-hmm. uh, to, to create their own content i i totally agree with that tony because that's where the real content comes like when you can look on there let's just use instagram i'm scrolling i'm looking i see a picture of people actually handing out bags of food or they're handing out they're at the hospitals and helping people and i'm seeing people on the ground doing things then i know that that organization is serious right i know that they're actually out there on the ground and they're not just some huge corporate where I don't know where my money is going. So I think that that is a good idea to always have, like you said, people on the ground actually making their own content and they actually can actually get to know your audience too. So when the data comes up, you know, you can actually see what are people clicking on and what are they, you know, commenting on, what are they saying and what type of things are they, are they liking, you know? So these are all going to help you down the line as you continue to create content to really see by looking at your analytics. Right. Okay. Excellent point. I, I wanted to ask about analytics. The mm-hmm. analytics vary. You yeah. know, uh, some some sites will give you more. You mm-hmm. know, a, a play of uh, some platforms, I should say, like a platform like LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, gives you very little. Yeah. Uh, now you might you might not be on you might not be on LinkedIn for for you know volunteer and donor relationships, but right. that's just one that I'm most familiar with because I spend a lot of time there. So yeah. I know that they are particularly. Um, Stingy. They can definitely do better. Yeah. They're cheap, they're stingy <laughs> they about the algorithm. I mean, yeah. about the uh, the analytics, unless yeah. you you know you start paying for the the pro the the, right. the, the upgraded right. um, upgraded packages. But you know, so you're kind of at the mercy. Well, what, what what platforms or what what networks do you see? You know, are more generous with the with the analytics versus less. Well, let's just let's just start with what analytics you should be looking for. So one uh, of the things that okay. you want to look for is. You know, not only just the followers, but like what, how many likes you're getting, how many impressions you're making. Because that means that your yeah. content is actually being seen. I mean, right. The real, you want real metrics, real, yeah, real engagement yeah. metrics. Not exactly. vanity metrics, like how not many followers, band. how many right. no, I'm right. not, now, I'm not course, talking about that shallow. Right, right. 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 
And of course, followers, that's good to have. That's because you'll see, you know, how many people are actually following yeah, you. Yeah, you, you want it trending in the right place, but that's not the ultimate exactly. measure. The, exactly. You know, clicks and shares and uh, or shares and comments, et cetera. I mm-hmm. mean, that's much more valuable. A way but, valuable because it's going to help you, as, even when you decide to run ads down the line, it's going to help you decide, you know, which type of people actually click, who, are, who is sharing and who's coming to my website. So these are all analytics that you can u- look and use. And then you can see, like, especially in Instagram and Facebook, they've got their demographics down to a science. You can actually start building demographics around this. So, like I said, it's going to help you down the line as you try to run ads. You'll know what age clicks, what's the gender, what are they most interested in, what other similar pages do they follow. These type of analytics that are going to help you really target that uh, that person over and over and over again. So, yeah, looking at those analytics is going to be key. The best, like I said, the platforms right now that are really good at analytics are yeah. are the big three, really, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you are on, on YouTube, they have awesome analytics as well. They'll tell you how many views you have, how many people have liked your videos, how many people share your videos. So it's, these are things that you want to see and collect that data and see, like, you know, how can I find more people that I want to attract? How can I find these donors online? But YouTube doesn't give you the demographics, though, does it, of, of people who have been watching, viewing? It does. It does give you, it gives you age yes. and uh, age location? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. YouTube does. Okay, good. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. Um, all right. Um, so you're, uh, I don't want to go through these too quick, I'm gonna, but let's see. All right, maybe we'll end up coming back because you got a lackluster host, you know, so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I think of things later on. Yeah, um, <laughs> me all too. Right. We'll, we'll come, we may co- end up coming back. All right. But we'll get through. Okay, so uh, A is your audience. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What, what's what's your what's your advice around audience? Audience is mainly finding those people who are going to want to continue to follow you and follow you off of the platform. And so one of the main things, like I said, is you're going to want to look for that persona and then you want to try to mimic that persona on, over and over again. Now, people are looking at vanity metrics like, OK, well, I have a lot of followers, but there are specific followers that never leave you. They're going to always continue to follow and be there. And so when you go in on these platforms and you're looking for these people, you want to make for sure that you have that one persona down and you go to these different uh, profiles on there and you follow them and you engage with their content. And so a lot of people actually miss that they post things and then they leave or they post and then they maybe answer one of their comments on theirs, but they never go back to someone else's or engage with their posts. And so that's a huge part of social media. Mm. Okay. Another yeah. thing, another thing with audience is being found, right? So you've got this great profile. How do you get found? Almost all of the platforms use hashtags. And so these hashtags are really important. They're the element that are going to help you be discovered by new people. And so it's very important that you at least research 50 main hashtags um, that you guys can rotate out so that you guys will be found if someone searches for that particular hashtag. So, for instance, hashtag social change, for instance, if you uh, use that in your post, when someone types in social change, your post will be in that large list of, uh, of directory where people can actually click that photo and see where is it coming from. That'll lead them back to your profile. So these are all things that you want to make for sure that you have in order to build your audience. OK, right. So you want us you want us following folks who are maybe influencers that are following us. Mm-hmm. So be generous. Right? Be ge- yeah. Generous yeah. with sharing their content, not just engaging with them around your own content. Yeah. And even okay. if you're not sharing, you're, you're on their profile, you're asking them questions, you know, what do they do or what are they, why do they like X, Y, Z? You're just having a really good conversation with them. And most likely they'll want to come to your profile and see what you guys have to offer. And that's how you get a, a true follower that will want to engage with you, not just somebody who will be gone in two hours. And so it's really important that you engage with these people and build relationships. Okay. So the, the relationship building and the use of the right hashtags. That yes, are so that's how you get discovered. Yes, related to your work. Should yes. you be should you be creating your own hashtags, or better to leverage off hashtags that are already existing, but others have already used. I mean, there's maybe hundreds of thousands of people already using an established hashtag. So is it better to go that way, or better to create your own and try to build momentum there? You definitely want those 50 hashtags that I'm both, talking about. Maybe both. You, I don't know. Both. You do want to do a little bit of both, but mainly you want to uh, use the ones that are already already being used because okay. people are actively using them. They, they can actively find you. Now, once you build a bigger audience, of course, you can use your own hashtag. Then you can tell your audience, hey, my hashtag is hashtag Adora. And they'll know to use that hashtag then. But when you are just starting and you're just 
getting your marketing up, you want to use hashtags that are already being searched and already being used. That way people can come to your profile. And that's when we're those impressions come in uh, that we were talking about earlier. You get more impressions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Better to start with the more, with the established. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that you can get found. Yeah. All right. Your L, your L was lead, right? Yep. Yep. So that part in between the audience and the lead is super important. So it is the information that you give your audience that's going to lead them on into your email list. Now it's important to have an email list, which a lot of nonprofits either have an email list and they don't use it or they don't have an email list at all. I just feel like it's not important, but you have to be actively building that email list because these are your particular raving fans that are going to continue to follow you even off of the social media platform. Even though we know social social media is not going to disappear. Um, you just want to make for sure that you have your own particular people that you can consistently talk to that you can consistently share with. And so that between that A and that L, you want to have uh, an opportunity to give them information in exchange for their email. Now, this can be a video. This can be a live event registration. This can be um, a PDF, just giving them some really cool information about what you guys are doing or why it's important to care about your mission. Like something of value that they can give you that valuable email because that email is going to help you down the line. That way, if you don't, if they don't see your post that day, at least they can check their emails now because they have, you have them on the list. I've seen orgs that I think put up too much of a, of a barrier when they're asking for that email and then they go on and ask, you know, for like maybe first name, last name. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen phone number. (laughs) This is all information that's very nice to have because you can with first name and last name and phone number, you can probably research the person. Mm -hmm. But, but I think, I I think the, I think you're losing more people because you're, people don't expect, you know, I don't have to give, I don't give up my phone number and my address. Yeah. (laughs) And you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to get your white paper on, on your work or so, you know, so. Exactly. 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 Asking for that type of information, like your, your email is very valuable to, to you anyway. Right. Because we don't give our emails to everybody. We don't want spam. We don't want people all in our inbox. So when we decide to give our emails out, that's already a big deal for us. And so it's really important. Like you said, to simplify that it should just be a name and email, nothing crazy. And it should just be in exchange for whatever that value is really quickly. So we quickly get the information we need. And then later on down the line, if you need the name and address and all those other things, it's because I registered for something. I registered for an event or I registered to come out and do something with you. But that's later down the line. And I know you. Like, like I'm happy to give email and first name. That's perfect. And that's all you should be asked. This way, this organization, you know, you can personalize my email. Yeah. Use my first name. Yeah. I might give up last name or I might just make up a last name. (laughs) But but if it gets beyond that, when it gets beyond that, like it's a phone number, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Then I I click away. That's too much. It's too much. And you don't even, as as a, you know, when you're marketing, you don't need the number. Most people don't do calls like that anyway. I, like I said, ask for that down the line if you know you're going to need that. Um, you can ask for that during someone's registration or something, but they've already expressed interest to you. They know you, they've been following your content. They open the emails. Right. And so then, you know, okay, they're comfortable with us. They can give us their, their phone mm-hmm. number at that point. Or right. Or if you want to do a text campaign, you know, you can yeah. ask, you know, yeah. if you'd like to opt in, you, you've been Here's on our, the option. Right. On our I email wouldn't even for... do that the first one though. The first time you opt, get them on there. Don't do that the first right, time. No, no, it's too much. Right. That's, that's yeah, you would barrier, scare them off. <laughs> they've, been on, they've been on the mailing list for a while and they, you know, we're going to do and a, That's fine. That's fine. They know digital, you. We're going to do a, 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 um, an SMS campaign. Yeah. So, you know, if you'd like to opt in, you know, here's the place to, to give us your number or reply with exactly. your number or something, you know, something exactly. simple. So yeah. It should in, always be simple as possible. After you've already got some goodwill, I feel like, you know. Exactly. And, and since we're talking about that, Tony, we can talk about some of the, the metrics that you should look for in your email list. Yeah. Um, especially like once you get them on there, like what do you do with them? <laughs> and I know a lot of nonprofits get stuck there. <laughs> so one of the things that you want to make for sure is that you're consistent with your email. So don't just take the email and they never hear from you ever again. <laughs> don't make that mistake because. Oftentimes when we do that and let's say an event comes up three or four months down the line and we're wondering why no one registered or nobody opened our emails, we have really low email rates. It's because you've let them cold. Okay. So you want to be for sure that you're consistently talking to your list and you're consistently giving them information. So you can still use that 80-20 rule that I was telling you earlier. 
It's time for a break. Send in Blue. It's an all-in-one digital marketing platform with tools to build end-to-end digital campaigns that look professional, are affordable, and keep you organized. They do digital campaign marketing. Most marketing software is designed for big companies and has that enterprise-level price tag. Send in Blue is priced for you. Send in Blue, priced for you. Price for nonprofits. It's an easy-to-use marketing platform walking you through the steps of building a campaign. To try out Send in Blue and get a free month, hit the listener landing page at tony.ma slash sendinblue. It's time for Tony's Take Two, Planned Giving in the Pandemic Era. That's a webinar that I'll be delivering, graciously hosted by JMT Consulting. It's on Thursday, September 30th. 2 o'clock Eastern Time. Naturally, I'm going to weave in my stand-up comedy, keep this light and entertaining, uh, as, as well as informative. Informative is important. We don't miss the informative. But we'll talk about, uh, not but, I will talk about what planned giving is, uh, who your best prospects are, where you get started, and how planned giving fits in our pandemic era. You can go to jmtconsulting.com, click events, and then click uh, expert speaker series. They have a bunch of experts and me, but that's how you uh, make your reservation. jmtconsulting.com, events, and then expert speaker series. Or if you prefer, you could go to jmtconsulting.com slash events slash Planned hyphen giving hyphen in hyphen the hyphen pandemic hyphen era hyphen with hyphen Tony hyphen Martinetti. I, uh, I presume you could also just search JMT Consulting Tony Martinetti. That might work also, but you choose your method. No judgments here. This is a judgment free zone. You choose how you want to make your reservation. It's yours. It's yours. I just hope you will. I hope you'll be with me with me and JMT Consulting. Thursday, September 30th, 2 o'clock Eastern. That is Tony's Take Two. We've got Buku, but loads more time for turn followers into donors with Adora Drake. Some of the main ways to get that really high open rate, it starts with the subject line. So the subject line should go straight to the point. It should be really quick and grab the intention of your reader and then once they click on that uh, that email, the content should be helpful. It should be informative and it should quickly let them know, you know, why they should keep reading. So that's a little bit copywriting there uh, mm-hmm. when you're thinking about that. But if you have a newsletter, it's a great place to put, you know, what are you guys coming up with? Why do you, why should we care to be on your list? You know, and especially when someone's a brand new person on the list, I like to create something called a welcome series. So I just kind of welcome them in you know, introduce them, let them know what the mission is, what we'd like to see in the future and things like that, and kind of really get them into the organization, get them excited for being there, and as well as exchanging for some value. How long is that welcome series? It varies. Um, I usually have a minimum of seven emails, um, and it's just going to walk them through the entire first week that they're on the list. And then after that, you you can go to just like once a week or something like that, but you want to make for sure that you're consistent at least once a week minimum. Okay, but initially you're doing one a day? Yep. For seven days? Yep. Yeah. And people yep. don't object to that? No. And, and one of the re- things that I get asked all the time is, what if they unsubscribe, Adora? What if they unsubscribe? But you have to think of it this way. If they unsubscribe, then they're not supposed to be there. <laughs> um, they're not one of the people that are going to eventually donate to you. They're not going to yeah. want to follow you. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you're kind of just losing dead weight kind of hate to say it that way but it's kind of dead weight and so you want to make for sure that your your list is lean um they're actually wanting to be there they're actually going to open those emails but those are the people that are going to donate or volunteer their time later down the line that's also going to help you with your uh email service provider yeah (laughs) it's going to save you cost (laughs) if you're using using mailchimp or constant contact or something i mean if you have a huge list but it's unengaged That that hurts that hurts you, and they might it does <laughs> you or your your email service provider or the recipients 
might end mm -hmm. up, might put you in spam, even though yeah. the person asked for your email, but you have yeah. a big, fat, bloated, unengaged <laughs> list versus that's having, like you're, saying, like you're saying, having a lean list yep. that is engaged, yep. that's more likely to end up in an inbox than a junk box. Exactly. And that's exactly what the goal is, especially when you're creating an email list, is to make sure that these people actually want to be there because these are your fans you're going to go to later down the line when you do ask for donations. They already know you and they're warm already. So these are warm leads. And listeners, uh, we've had uh, guests on this. So, you know, if you want to just search, go to TonyMartinetti.com and search email deliverability. Mm -hmm. I've had shows on going into depth yeah. about what Adora and I are talking about right now, about the algorithms that yeah. companies you pay are yeah. using against you if you have a big, <laughs> fat, bloated, unengaged list. That's so true. It, it hurts you. It, 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 it does. It, it does. It hurts your deliverability. So <laughs> you can you can hear shows specifically on that topic and how to avoid it. Um, we're just touching on it now, but it's, it yeah. is important. Your own companies that you're paying could be hurting you. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've also created a, a PDF just for you guys. Um, if you guys want to learn the top five emails that I use on my email list and my clients list, you guys can go ahead and download that too. Um, that's going to be at my website at Adora Drake Marketing Nonprofit Radio. So you guys can go get that. Uh, so, all right. So uh, so if this if this podcast doesn't return, <laughs> she doesn't, she's got some land. She's got a landing page for us. So. <laughs> This podcast for you guys. Return, we're not going to hear from Adora Drake again. This is going to be the last time. Oh, right. no, I hope not. Okay. No, I mean, I hope not too, but you set up a landing page. You got metrics against us. All right. Metrics, uh, metrics. Yes, that's right. Adore, what did you say? Metrics what? I always have metrics. That's right. Okay. You like the, you like the metrics maven. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I like that. You can use it. I, I love alliteration. You can use metrics. Um, all right. So adoradrakemarketing.com hyphen Dash, dash, yeah, dash, hyphen, nonprofit radio. Yes. All one word, nonprofit radio. All one word, yes. No spaces. Okay. okay. And that's where we'll get your top five email, what, subjects? Is that it's going to be a top five types of emails. So I'm going to tell you the types of emails that you, some of them was that series that we were talking about. I'll tell you the types of emails that you can send out to your list. Okay. To keep them engaged, but really to keep them engaged and wanting to donate at some point. Okay. Okay. And I just want to make something very, very clear. So when you're welcoming someone to, to the list, mm -hmm. they've, they've taken your content, whatever it is, mm -hmm. video or et cetera, whatever, white paper, et cetera. Uh -huh. uh, they're, they're new to your list. Mm -hmm. So you, you send an email each day for the next week. Yeah. Now this okay. is, this is not hard as you guys think. It's not me going on there every day typing up an email. This is something that you can set up an auto-responder right. no, inside of your... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can no. schedule this out. Right, right. right. No, I'm just making sure that you, you you don't find that that's too much in the beginning. No, and I don't want you no. guys to be scared and thinking that even if you do something one a day, that it's too scary. I mean, if anything, it's like having a conversation with a friend every day or talking to your mom every day, right? She wouldn't get tired of you. So why would someone who's, who's following you and want to be a part of your mission, they wouldn't get tired of you either. They just want to know more and more too. And so the more you show up, it's actually the opposite. The more you have people wanting to be there. So people who drop off, they were going to drop off at some point anyway, because they weren't really your target. And so I don't want you guys worrying about, well, they keep unsubscribing every day. Well, that means you need to continue to keep growing your list with real people. Right, right. Keeping that, that lean but engaged list. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then your advice is at least once a week after that, after the first week. Minimum, okay. right, yeah. Right, so. minimum, right, at least minimum, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I said at least you said minimum. Yeah, that's the same. Yes, that's, the same. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you beat me up. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's, you got it. No, not at least, minimum. Use minimum. Use, use minimum. All right. As long as right. you have it out, Tony, as long as you got it going. <laughs> okay, minimum, minimum of a, once a week after. Right, okay. Yeah, because when your event comes up and nobody's, nobody uh, RSVPs, it's because you haven't been keeping in touch. The, the people forgot about right. you. You know, <laughs> seriously, in, we have we all have lives. Are, right. right, right, right. And you disappear for too long. Full. It's like, who is this? And what? Why did I even get on the list? You know. Right. So don't be gone too long. Make sure you stay in front of them. Let them know what's going on. And when you show up and they show, you know, you show up in their inbox, they're gonna know exactly you know who you are and want to open it. And so stay consistent. And then you build that relationship up. Maybe you get their U.S. mail address. Maybe you can. Yep. You do a print annual report. Maybe you can send that to them. Yeah, that's a good way to do that. You know, if you wanted to send them a little swag, you know, but mm -hmm. take your time. Build the relationship over build time. Build the relationship. You're right, Tony. All right. That's the main key is that building the relationship piece. 
Right, because we're trying to, trying to turn them into donors, for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> we're asking for money here. <laughs> right, right, that's the goal. So, or volunteers could be, you know, could be maybe committed yeah, volunteers. Yeah, but still their time, which is really valuable, right? Time is valuable also, absolutely. All right. All right, go ahead with your E for execution, please. So execution is, is the main part. It's when we're asking for money, okay? So we're ready to get them from the list, and we're asking them to give us a certain amount of money um, for our calls. And so... Uh, all of these other elements that S, C, A, and L, they all lead up to the execution. And so how do you do this? You're going to want to make for sure, again, that you're consistent with that email list. And when you ask for the sale or you ask for the donation, they already have a relationship with you. And you're really clear on where can they go and donate? Uh, what's the timeline? Do they need to get on a call with you and talk about this more? You're really defining out, uh, you know, how can they go about giving their money? Um, do they need to, you know, have particular people there or whatever the act, the CTA is, you want to make sure that you're really clear on this. And that's that execution, execution piece. And how long would you say from someone first joining the list to, to asking them to make their first gift? What, what, what time period should that be? Um, this is going to vary by, by organization. But if you're looking at the analytics and you're seeing that people are consistently opening things, they're consistently clicking on your uh, newsletter and they're coming to your website, that's probably a clear sign that they're really interested. OK, so if they're more interested and you're seeing a 40 percent open rate, uh, they're clicking is about a 20 percent click rate. Then it might be you can probably ask earlier. But if you're seeing that they need a little bit more time, they're not quite opening up the emails, um, then you're not quite getting a click at, like you want you might want to space that out a little bit more. So I always advise minimum uh, to keep giving 80% and only ask 20%. So if you're giving for four weeks straight, just straight information, maybe on that fifth week, you can ask, hey, would you like to donate to our calls here and this and that. So it's just about giving and balancing out that, uh, making for sure that they're comfortable with what you do. They kind of see where the money would go. And then once you're ready down the line, you say, hey, we're needing to raise money for this or um, your money would go towards this cause. How would you like to donate? And this is the perfect time to get started um, before the holidays, because this is the time that you can create all the content, right? And you can get them really comfortable with you and let them know what your messages messaging is. And then you just ask for a sale. So you have plenty of time between this time in December to start getting that going. Yeah. Cause we are right. We're coming up on the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, yeah. The very important fourth quarter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so you're looking for, you, you think, 40% open rate and 20% click rate. Those are, those are good numbers. Yes. And so <laughs> I was talking to someone earlier and she was like, well, I don't have a 40% open rate and that's fine. The average is around 30 to 35% open rate. That 40 is just a really good engaged audience. So they're actually opening it. And it's probably because you have a really good subject line. Right. And so I like to say that if you can get around 40, that means you have a really engaged audience. They're not cold um, and they're warm. And so, Anything below that between 30, 30 and 35, that's average, but below 30 is kind of bad. So you might want to <laughs> either clean up your list or you might need to, um, you know, change your subjects and kind of see. So that's that testing piece. And a lot of people, you know, don't know that about marketing, but marketing is a huge area where you have to test and kind of see what works for you, what works for your organization. And so you want to test and see what kind of subject lines do my audience open? Are they opening them at all? Or where did they come from? What's the information that I gave them in exchange for the email? And am I consistently making content around that? Or have I changed up something that makes them not want to open the email? So these are all things that you want to look at when you're building an email list. Because like we said earlier, you don't want to have a big list of people who aren't really engaged. Already you have a list of like 100 people, but they're really engaged. And they're going to they're gonna, you know, give you those funds at the end of the day. When you say clean up the list, you're talking about mm-hmm. dropping people off who are mm-hmm. chronically unengaged. You know, they're not, exactly. they're not opening, they're not clicking. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not going to do you any good to have. It's just literally vanity metrics at that point. Um, before I clean up the list, I always just do, you know, a really quick check and say, hey, are you there? Or, uh, hey, would you like to continue to learn about X, Y, Z? If you get replies on those emails, you can keep those people on the list. The other people have not opened it or have not clicked anything. Those are usually a clear sign that they're not really, uh, you know, people that you should probably keep on your list. And so before you clean them up, you can always just send out those quick little two emails that I just mentioned and kind of see, you know, are you guys still wanting to be here or um, you can just drop those people who are not opening them. Let's make something clear just so there's no listener that's, that's got a question in their mind. 
the open rate, that's the, when someone opens, that's opening your, opening your email, right? The, the yes, open, that's just, that's going from, you know, on your phone, that's going from the little sub, little summary to tapping it, to opening it up. And, and yeah, anytime you open an email, that's your open rate. Yeah. Your full message, right. And then the click yeah, rate is just somebody clicks on anything in the, anything in the message. Usually your yeah, usually your uh, your newsletter, whatever link you have in there. So let's say you have a link that leads back to your newsletter on your website, or it leads back to your blog, or whatever it is you have in there. Right. It's gonna catch that click, and like you okay. said, so that's the click inside of the email. Your call to uh, your call to action. Call to action, right. exactly. Someone okay. I just wanna make sure everybody understands the open yeah. rate and the click yeah. rate. Okay. Yeah. So those are the the main two that you guys wanna look at when you guys are running email marketing campaigns, and those are the main things we look at too is how high those rates are because that tells me if my content is working or not. All right. So that's the scale method. Yes. Um, as I, as I uh, thought might happen, I did think of a few things that, <laughs> that now require us to go back. Okay. Uh, but, but that's the lackluster host. Like I said, that you're stuck with <laughs> um, going back to the, to the platforms, the social media. Yeah. Um, let's talk about ones that are no longer emerging, but they're newer Slack, mm-hmm. WhatsApp, TikTok. Is there value there for nonprofits or does it, does it depend on who your what your persona looks like as to whether you're on one of the newer platforms? Yeah. So if, if you're going to join one of those, you really do need to make for sure that your audience is over there. So if you are targeting, you know, teenagers or younger people, then you might can look into something like a TikTok. Right. But if you're targeting, you know, wealthier donors who are <laughs> over 60, they probably won't be over there as much. <laughs> and not that they won't be over there, it's just that they won't be over there majority. And so you want to look at a platform where they'll be like Facebook or LinkedIn. Right. And so it's going to, like you said, go back down to that persona. But, um, you know, when you're thinking about which platform that you want to be on and what you want to target, look at, uh, you know, where would these people be? What is that demographics that we talked about? And that's going to help you decide which one is going to you know, work best. If that platform doesn't work and you've, you've just been using it for like two or three months and you're not really seeing much change, maybe you should try another platform. So it's, again, that testing and making for sure that you understand where is my audience before you give up. Are, are you seeing nonprofits on TikTok? Do you have? Do you <laughs> Honestly, have, I have not. I have, no. I have not. You know, I have seen a few on um, uh, what's the other new uh, social media platform. It's like a, a audio only kind of platform. I, got, I can't think of it right now. Oh, I think I've heard of this too. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I don't know. You know I what know. I mean, right? Yeah. It's just audio only. I've heard some nonprofits starting to do yeah. those because it's kind of like podcasts. And so that may be a really cool option for people. If if you have a really good viewership and, and you want to turn them into listeners, and that might be an option for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Slack. Is there, is there value in is there nonprofits on Slack? Yeah, so Slack is usually used to communicate, which you can communicate with, uh, you know, your volunteers. So that's more like an internal type of software. You can kind of get in there and engage uh, with people in your organization. So we can talk about that a little bit, too, like how do you kind of keep people engaged and inside of the organization. So something like a Slack or Asana, that's going to help you really track your projects. Right. So these are these are going to be helpful for making for sure that those projects move along uh through the pipeline. So uh, let's say you guys are having an event and you want to start marketing it four months ahead of time. That Slack kind of platform will enable you to put each team member in there so that you guys can communicate, upload, um, you know, marketing materials, schedule out those uh, emails and things like that inside of that Slack platform. So that's what that's used for. And uh, other ones are like Asana or teamwork and things like that. Those are all kind of work uh, on that capacity. Also, when it comes to social media, um, which I talked, we had mentioned earlier, like you don't want to be glued to your social media, right? So there are plat- there are softwares that can actually help you schedule out your content. So you won't actually have to be there every day at five o'clock scheduling out your content. So these platforms are, are things like, you know, Sprout Social, HubSpot, um, Planoly, that you can actually upload your content in ahead of time and then schedule things out so that you won't actually have to be there. All you have to do is come in still for about 30 minutes and come in and engage and make sure you answer questions and comments and things like that. So there is some pieces of automation that you can use. Adora, what was the third one? You said HubSpot. I know, I know Sprout Social. And what was the Sprout other one? Sprout Social. And one is called Planoly. And that one I use a lot for uh, Instagram, for scheduling out Instagram posts. Plan, could you spell it for us? It's called Planoly. So it's P-L-A-N-O-L-Y. Okay, cool. Thank you. Planoly. Right. 
Right. <laughs> all right. All right. No, I want listeners to be able to find it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you got a little Dallas, Texas accent, so I want to make sure. <laughs> I didn't know it. I had an accent until someone said it the other week. I was like, really? Uh, yeah, you got a little one. I mean, I'm, I'm from New York. I, uh, you, <laughs> how obvious is that? Yeah, just a little. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I just want folks to be able to hear through it. That's all. Um, you, you talked about the subject line. What about, uh, you know, I, lots of folks um, encourage listeners to, to use that, that subheading uh, right below the subject, like that summary that you see on your phone. Yeah. You know, you get like 150 characters below mm-hmm. the subject line. Yeah. That, that can be used creatively also to, to encourage people to, to open, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it can definitely be used um, to, but, but mainly it is going to be the subject line, right? Because that's, that's what's going to make me click it. And then the actual content inside of your email is going to be the most important. But if you want to add, let's say I'm having a contest or something like that, and I want to make for sure that people understand, you know, what, what they can expect when they open the email, then I might add a little bit of context inside of that secondary subject line that you're talking about. Um, it's not the most important, but it is, you know, something that you can add a little bit of extra information if you don't have enough information in your subject line. Okay. okay. Uh, why don't you, uh, story, it's story time. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell a story of, uh, you know, some nonprofit uh, that, you know, m- maybe not, you know, step by step to the scale method, but, yeah. you know, where you saw, you saw things where things are moving. You started to gain yeah. some traction, you mm-hmm. saw some success, converted to folks to donors. Tell us a good story. Yeah. So one of the nonprofits I just recently worked with, they were a uh, mid-sized nonprofit in Boston. And uh, what they focused on is um, helping disadvantaged minorities find jobs. Um, They also were involved with feeding uh, their local community. And one of their major uh, academies that they were going to try to open up was uh, to just to help younger teenage students to come in and learn how to volunteer, learn how to give back to their community and be really good students. And so they were trying to push that that academy and they didn't know how to do that. So most of their marketing was still done the old school way. So they were getting out there, you know, going to these different uh, local churches, going to schools and things like that on foot and not necessarily uh, utilizing social media. They have been around for about 15 years. So they did have an email list, but they weren't really using it outside of, uh, you know, just letting people know, like, tomorrow's we're going to be doing an event at, at XYZ. And so when they brought me in, they were like, hey, how do we... Uh, you know, really build some interest online. And so that we don't necessarily have to rely on doing these old school methods all the time. And so one of the first things I took a look at was that S of the scale method, uh, which is their social media, which is almost non-existent. Um, they have maybe one account, but it wasn't used for like four years. That is non-existent. Yeah, that, yeah, I was like, okay, what's this? <laughs> so we really had to start almost from scratch there, uh, built their, all of their platforms uh, to the point where people were actually following. We could actually, you know, see the analytics of them leaving the platforms and clicking their websites. Uh, we did get people onto their email list. And then I taught them, uh, you know, kind of what I was discussing here. Like, how do you nurture those people now that they're on your email list? Like, don't just leave them hanging or don't just let them know the day before the event. Like, hey, it's tomorrow because you probably won't get as much engagement. So I taught them how to use content inside of their email list and how to, you know, get people interested before these type of events happen or before you, they want that call to action to happen so that they can really start seeing, well, OK, well, this organization is really cool because they really do help their community. Um, or, or in one of the, it was funny because uh, during my time with them, one of the uh, main um, directors, he had an emergency outside when they were uh, feeding the hungry that was actually featured on the news. And so I was like, hey, this is perfect for social media yeah. <laughs> just to show that you guys, you know, not only are you guys out there on foot, but you guys, you know, care about your community. Even when an emergency happens, you're going to step in. And so that just makes it just makes you look good as a brand. And you can share all these types of things with your audience because they care to know it. Right. And so I walked them through that whole process, like you said, uh, trained their team how to do this. So if you have an organization and you are, you know, you're wanting to be a little bit more hands off, I do have that opportunity for you to, you know, come into my programs and do that. But they use that program where I kind of came in, set up all of their automations so they don't have to be glued to things and they can really focus on the mission of the organization. And so when I left them, all of their team was trained. They have the uh, automations in place. And so they're on their way now to, to bring in a lot of money. Uh, last time I checked with uh, 
with them up there in Boston. They, they had brought in about 50,000 into that uh, new academy that I was talking about. Um, and that's going to be really focused, like I said, on, on these students this year on how to make them really good students and make them want to study, make them want to volunteer and things like that. Okay. And, and that $50,000 was largely from the relationships that got built. The relationships. In, exactly. in the ways that we just talked about. Exactly. Exactly. Strictly yeah. relationships, really, because, you know, once you get them on the list, you got them, you know, warmed up. A lot of people were asking questions. I was running a lot of their socials at the time. So I got to see people ask questions about, you know, how can I get involved or what do you guys do or how long have you guys been around? And that is a really good way to, you know, meet prospective donors, you know, get them on the list and, and share that information. Uh, one of the directors there, she also had a, a radio show. So she would do things um, every morning. Uh, let's say on, on Wednesday at nine o'clock, she would, you know, give her information. And I said, when I first came in, I was like, okay, you're doing this radio show, but what if I'm not listening at nine o'clock Eastern time? Cause I'm here in central time. Or am I never going to see the, the, the show? And she was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. So I taught her how to repurpose that content to where she can share it on her social media. And she can also share that on her email list and more people get to see, you know, what they're doing up there. Okay. That's a great story. Good. <laughs> All right. The end. <laughs> we, we are going to leave it there. She's Dora Drake. Actually, Dora Drake, digital marketing strategist, coach, and consultant. You'll find her at adoradrakemarketing.com. If you want to hit the listener landing page that she set up for us, it's a test now. So <laughs> adoradrakemarketing.com hyphen nonprofit radio. No spaces. No spaces. <laughs> Dora, thank you very much. Terrific ideas. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure being here. Our pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> Well, our pleasure to listen. My pleasure to talk with you. <laughs> Next week, effective fundraising. That's Warren McFarland's new book, and he'll be with me. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you, find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. And by Send in Blue the only all-in-one digital marketing platform empowering nonprofits to grow. Tony.ma slash sendinblue. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out and be great.